Kato Fano, welcome back to another edition of the Department of Conversation. How much do you love your smartphone? Be honest. Like, be honest, honest, honest. Uh, is it a, are you listening to me right now on your smartphone? Bless you. I don't care where you listen to us, just listen to us. That'd be great. Hey, um, coming up for you right now, really interesting conversation around, I guess, society and where we're going with technology and how it's impacting us, especially when it comes to phones, access to phones, smartphones, um, what it does to our psyche, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you've been on our Facebook page recently, you'll see we've got a pretty massive competition going on there at the moment with the guys from the Boring Phones, uh, Boring Phone Company, we could say. Uh, we're giving away a, a Boring Phone there if you want to check out the Facebook page. Uh, but we were stoked enough to have in with us today Alex Davidson from the Boring Phone team. And uh, yeah, once again, we did solve the problems of the world. Alex Davidson, hello. Hey, how's it going? Welcome, welcome. Thank welcome you. to Dunedin. Came down all the way from Auckland to yes. our beautiful little town on a beautiful day after a snow day. Yeah. Not a full snow day, a partial snow day. Flying over those Alps must have been gorgeous. Yes, very nice. Nice and clear this morning. And thanks for coming down. Yeah, no worries. We're really pleased to be here. Yeah, we've just actually just, I mean, we'll just say it now as well. There is a little bit of, uh, we had this a couple of days ago, a little bit of construction going on in the space that we are using, a couple of studios down. So if you do hear any of that buzzing or whirring or anything in the background, it's, uh, yeah, it's people using tools that I don't know the names of. Yeah, because that's not Jason knows the name of all the tools because he, he is that way inclined. I do not know the names of any of the tools, unless it's a hammer. Yep. But they're not because they use and things. Yeah, those are yeah, beyond the hammer. <laughs> those are the actual technical names for them anyway. So good. good. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah, thanks for coming down. So I found you online and I saw you guys were creating a bit of a buzz uh, with your company and your very boring phone. Yeah. The the boring phone. So first of all, uh, there is so much to talk about with this yep. because the boring phone is uh, basically a dumb phone. Well, not. I'd stop you there and say not quite dumb. Okay. Uh, there's obviously this sm- a smartphone and then the other end of the spectrum is dumb. Okay, well, just so, so the difference, I mean, I always thought about it, basically a dumb phone was a non-smartphone. Yeah, that that's sort of one way of thinking, but we're sort of, trying to get this idea that it's somewhere in the middle. Okay. Because it's still internet connected. Okay. And so it still has a camera. It still has, you know, podcasts. It still has the processor and everything. So it's not quite at okay. the dumb end. Well, Jason, just, can you, if you do this for us, Jason, probably should have set this up before and if I was a professional, just uh, <laughs> Google dumb phones available in New Zealand and you'll get some Nokias and something yeah. like that. And we'll have a look at them and yep. then we'll talk about the difference between yours and theirs. Like Vodafone, I know you can buy dumb phones from places oh, yeah, like definitely. The Warehouse and yep. they're really cheap. They're 30 bucks and some parents are using those for their kids yep. because it doesn't have the social media and that kind of stuff. Yeah, those are the sorts of things. Yeah, so look, the five best dumb phones over there on the, the Click on that top. Yeah, click on that one. Just have a look what they are. That's the sort of. There's basically the Nokia, the old Nokia 3310. But these are still available now. Yep. And then, but the thing is, you're saying the difference is they are not internet capable. Um, they're basically just phones, are they? There varies. There are some that are that size, and they actually do have the internet on it, and it's just really difficult and unpleasant to use. Yeah, I just had that this week. I, I my iPhone battery died, and so I was, after like six years of. You know, having an iPhone in my pocket every day. That's uh, pretty good. This, like little, um, uh, I had this little Samsung, which was internet connected, yep. but it was so old that no websites launched. Oh, really? Um, wow. Even Facebook Lite app, which it could actually download, yep. it, it could barely run. And 
yeah. That, that's sort it's of like yeah, it was a nightmare. There's those are the sort of the two types. One one is that they they do have the internet and they do have a lot of apps, but they're just they're, the screen is so small and low resolution, it's very right. hard to use. Yeah. And then there's the other one, which I like the Nokia thirty three ten. They literally just have texting and a you know a, a phone book and calling. So so that's what we're calling a dumb phone. Yeah, that's what I'd say is the dumb is at the end that they don't have any smartphones. So smartphone functions, I think, are things like a good camera. Okay. Or uh, or things like that. Yeah, well, I guess that's another question, isn't it? What defines a smartphone? Yeah. So yours is called the boring phone. Yes. It's a it's a great name because I get to, I think when I put you up on Facebook, I was like, um, come and we're going to be talking to people about their boring phone. Yeah. Or the people at the boring office about their boring phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know Did that's you, the. Were you tempted to do flamethrowers though? Yeah, no, that, that, I only realised that after we'd um, after we'd come that, that, that uh, Elon Musk has his boring company. This is the boring company. You're the bo- Are you the boring phone company? Is that what you are officially? Well, actually, well, actually we're, there's a or whole, is it a product? It's the product, really. So the product is the boring phone? Yeah. The company uh, is something different? Yeah, I mean, we have a limited liability, but we're sort of trading as a boring phone at right. the moment, right. so that's, that's the focus. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw the Elon Musk thing, but he's boring as in, as in literally boring a hole under the ground. So that's yeah. why it's the, that's the joke, which yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I figured once I saw that. So yeah, uh, and this is the phone. Yeah, this is the phone. So oh, this is squiz. Yeah, definitely. Now this is always the thing that we got to do. We got to hold it up to the camera by my face. When I put anything by my face, the sales fall. They plummet. <laughs> so maybe I should do that. Is that better, Jose? A little bit further. <laughs> little bit further. There we go. There we go. Sweet. So this looks and feels, and there you go. I'm, I'm doing intuitive things like a smartphone. Yeah, I mean, if you swipe up, you can see what's what's the what apps are available. Okay, so I've got an, there's an audio one, there's a calculator, a calendar, a camera, a clock, contacts, lots of C's there. Yep. Uh, files, FM radio. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to listen to the radio. Yeah. Okay. The sort of key thing. Probably, can you can you get on that, Jace, or is that a bit too dark? The key key thing that it doesn't have is an application store. So so that so no app store, so no no iOS store, no Google Play. No. So that's sort of already you're, you're now you're whatever's on it is what you've got and that's right. the difference so we're so used to sort of customising it and uh, and changing things around to get it sort of exactly personalised but yeah. you don't you just get the, the essential tools and that's it okay uh, so so it can't I mean one of the, I mean there's going to be a million questions but one yeah. of the questions is does that mean it's going to become obsolete quite quickly well, not, not really because you still need a camera a phone yeah maps to navigate those are things that are tools yeah. that are going to going to exist you know a lot of the, the smartphone things we think of as essential uh, are not really and that one of the really interesting things is, is seeing the emails and messages that come in when people say oh you know does it have this and interestingly the number one one is Spotify so people oh, play music to play music so it does have mp3s on it yeah. um, but you know I'm, I'm sort of older school so I've got a whole bunch of mp3 files I can put on it and I'm happy so what about I mean like iTunes is shutting down their store yeah. I mean, so, so it is going to be I MP3 moving forward is going yep. to basically become obsolete yep. in the music market. Yeah, I mean it is. The, the reason we didn't, I mean there's two reasons we didn't put Spotify on. One is that uh, it's not open source or free, so you actually would have to have permission from Spotify to put it on the on the phone. So you as the boring phone would yeah. need permission? Yeah, because it's... And um, would that cost or would that just be a... No, I think they would They would give it to people because right. then they'd sell subscriptions, sure, sure, but sure. we're not at the scale where they're interested in, in having a chat. We did have a, see if we could have a chat with them and they didn't seem keen at all. So. Yeah. Um, and, and then the second one is that a lot of um, a, a lot of the, the thing that we're pushing back against is having your phone as a constant advertising device. And the thing with Spotify is it's all well and good if you pay for the subscription, yeah. but their model is, is that it's freemium. So you get the free service and they will play you a whole bunch of ads in between and then they'll sort of eventually they'll offer you like a dollar for a dollar a month for four months or something like this. 
and you can try it. And then if you then go off that, then they really hammer you with the ad. They, they really, right. they're like, oh, you, you, we know you've got a credit card. We know you can afford it, but you just don't want to pay for it. So, you know, we'll play the ads. And, and it's that kind of behavior modification. And at the same time, they probably, I think they, because they serve up ads, yep. I think they have a built-in browser within their own yeah, app too. So do. you can circumvent the yep. no browser on the phone thing by using their built-in browser. To yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't, hadn't even, hadn't even a, lot of, a lot of apps actually have a browser in them, so you have to watch out for that. I, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's going to be interesting talking to you about it. So, you know, my phone mm. is completely full of <laughs> yep. apps, yep. although it's not too bad, one and a half pages, you know. Yeah, but you know, That's low on the lower end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, Spotify, for example, I just paid for. Yep. Because I've got three children who love music and you pay for it and you can have five accounts. Yep. So I just paid for it. You know, and it's fair enough. It's not, it's not so much the... It's not so much they have the streaming music. That's not an issue at all, and that's not really something that you're going to get addicted into looking mm. at your phone and fiddling with beyond a certain point. It was. It's more that that model of uh, we'll give you something free, but at the back end there's a cost that you we, we're not that honest about, or that they kind of try to, to to hide a little bit. And that's that's the thing that you know all of these, you know, Google. Um, Facebook, all of these services which seem to be free, they seem so great, and and we really now suddenly think, well, hang on a second, you know, um, Facebook is one of the most profitable companies in the world. Well, isn't isn't that it, the model? It's the way you measure it is um, if the service is free, you are the product. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's it. And people yeah. are starting to people are starting to get beyond. You know, people sort of, you know, that was a, like largely a joke, but now people are starting to go, hang on a second, what does that actually mean? And and, and start to kind of resent that. Have you seen not? There's a bit of a segue, but have you seen the hacked on Netflix? Yeah, definitely. I, we, we, we I haven't watched that yet. Got queued up to watch, but yeah. with the Cambridge Analytica thing that looks. Yeah, no, definitely would yeah. recommend just, everybody has a look at let's that. Let's just do this again. Just come back to me here, Jace. So I've got an iPhone X yep. Plus. Is that what it is? I don't even know. Um, with Darth Vader on the back. Yeah, you'll, you'll never be a tech reviewer. No. <laughs> so so you know, slightly imprecise <laughs> on your review there. So so. The mystique and the coolness of having sort of a, a, a smartphone. Yeah. You know, a kid having this in their bag or whatever and pulling it out, actually, yeah, it looks like a smartphone. It looks like here in our smartphone, it looks like... I mean, is that something that's important? Yeah. That, is, that, there, is there an embarrassment factor oh, yeah, for definitely. people having a dumb phone or a lesser yeah. um, able smartphone? Yeah, yeah, there is. So there's a couple, a couple of things going into that and... and um, yeah, one is that if you pull it out, if, if you talked about that that watch model or um, that's available for children, which is sort of like yeah, that a, was before we started. I mean, if you pull up a picture of it and have a look at it, um, and then you sort of think about what at what age would a child want to stop wearing that, and think about that, uh, especially given the kind of so it was Spark that came out. Yeah. With, and they didn't come out with the product. I'm sure they got it from China or something. Yeah, yeah. but basically, you could program this watch to call mum and dad, yeah. and that's about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks all right in that kind of picture. It's a picture of when you see someone wearing it, but they generally just... Is that the New Zealand one? Is that the Spark one? Yeah, that looks Yeah, like Yeah, I think they've updated their... Um, they've updated the design of it a wee bit, but... Space Star Kids Watch. You know, I mean, if you imagine going to Intermediate with that, and our kid's got the iPhone ten, yeah, and you've got that, uh, who's who's the cool kid? Yeah. <laughs> That does also make it make get. I mean, this is part of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, look at that. I mean, not, yeah, okay. not, to, so not to be rude, but that's inviting bullying. I think <laughs> there is a massive part of this conversation for me about what we expect and need, and 
our kids should have sort of thing now. Yeah. Like um, there was that, maybe we could Google this, Jace, you're going to have a busy day today, Google, Google <laughs> we'd call you Google Jace from now on. Um, there was a principal the other day who said, if your kids are under 12, they should be getting walked to school. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Was that sort of that molly, molly coddling? Yeah. Of, uh, and I mean, I remember, you know, I'm really old. Right. And I remember, you know, I probably got my first smartphone, sorry, my first phone yeah. when I was maybe 19, 18, 19. Yeah. Uh, university. Yeah. Nothing at school. And I remember a friend of mine who lived in Tauranga and used to travel between Auckland and Tauranga. Um, she got a phone similar time and uh, she was married and she said the reason she got her phone was safety driving between Auckland and Tauranga. Yeah. And I just remember... You've done that a thousand times yeah. and it's never been a problem. Is it really what you need a phone for today? And this is what I'm thinking about kids and stuff in this day and age. Do we really need to have connections with all our kids all the time? And I'm thinking about little E's. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to say in my day because now my kids walk to school now. Yeah. My nine-year-old and five-year-old, they're older now, but we moved to Dunedin, walk to school by themselves. Yeah. I, I wonder how much of the technology we're using Yeah. Um, is necessary yeah. or how much has come about from the generation that have become helicopter parents and, you know, that whole wrapping your kids up in cotton wool and stuff. It's like, honestly. Yeah, that's a, that's a big uh, it, might, it might be a digression. I'm sorry to sort of digress. <laughs> no, no, I, no I, but I, I, That really did frustrate me, the thing about the 12-year-olds having to be walked to school. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Well, the, the idea of, of whether children need a, a cell phone at all is pretty, you know, an open question. If they're being, well, if they're being dropped off at, at the school and then picked up at the school, yeah. yeah, they're always being. Do you get asked that? Do pe- parents and stuff go. When's the right time? I mean, you must be seen as a little bit of a phone expert. At the moment, um, no, you? not not really. Are they, I mean, the interesting thing I, I saw was that the um, the movement was wait till eight. So that was sort of given as eight. A, yeah, oh, saying that wait wait till eight, as in as an eight is that, that eight the, is the starting point. That's that's the that's the sort of the the start the kind of conversation that's out there. Uh, and people not really asking us, people already coming because they've already had that discussion. It's a big one, but the social pressure on children to have a phone. I'm still thinking eight. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. Eight. So that's like your third year of primary school, yeah, third or fourth well, year. To me, that's, that's a bit nuts to give a child, especially a, an unrestricted smartphone at Well, this age. is the thing now as well. I mean, we talked about dumb phones and stuff a bit earlier, but actually mm. those are much harder to get your hands on because yeah. they're so much fewer of yeah. them than a smartphone. So then to say... You're putting, um, you know, without restriction, and not your phone, obviously, but yeah. many. Oh, I should pick up mine, so I don't, I don't <laughs> misrepresent yours. And I'm not saying a kid's going to have this at eight. Well, you'd be surprised. Parents pass down the phone. Right. True. So maybe in two years' time, this will be an eight-year-old's yeah. phone. Yeah, because the parents that's got news. enough power in it to launch a satellite. Yep. And to see anything you want to see on the internet. Yep. Um, yep. At eight years old. Yeah. By yourself in your room able to access not just any content, access any person and any person to access you. This And this is the thing. I used to do some work with the guys uh, who used to run a company called Parents Inc. Right. And it turned, changed to Parenting with Confidence and then the Parenting Place, I think, Ian Grant. Oh, yeah. Used to do some radio with yeah, him. Yeah. I used to be his tech guy. And he used to talk about the old rule used to be, you know, have your computer in a, in the lounge area yep. so parents can keep an eye on what their kids are doing. Yeah, and now it's like... past that now. This is... This is Ten times more powerful than that four eight sixty X would have been. Yeah, and the other the other thing to think about is is you, maybe your child is you know relatively on the straight and narrow, but think about the 
what is the worst child at school yep. showing on the cell phone yep. to the other kids at, at uh, playtime? Yep. What, what's that they found? I mean, I, I, I would, like you, I kind of grew up before there was, but um, the stuff that some of the some of the kids would, you know, would The find. magazines they'd pull out of their yeah. bags and yeah, some, some show around that kind of stuff. And yeah. the, you know, there's always someone whose parents didn't care what movies they watched and, and you know, encouraged that. Well, now that's just on another scale. And actually, that genie's out of the bottle. Yeah, that can't you can't go backwards. No, no. Because no. actually, your phone, the boring phone, yeah, doesn't actually solve that problem. Because no. because the kid who's got the, um, you know, has got the the phone who's showing around pictures anyway can still do that. They they can still do it, but it's it's about even even the fact that some of the kids at the school might not have that 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 there is another way. At the moment, there's there's really very little. There's either you kind of say to your kid, well, look, you can have like a really dumb phone, you can wear a watch, yeah, which can only call mum and dad and every other kid is going to know that your parents are... Mummy and daddy is cool. What, what, yeah. we, what we need is we need like more good guys with um, smartphones, less bad guys with smartphones. <laughs> that's, the only, that's, the only, that's the only way you're going to stop The only, the only way to stop a bad guy with a smartphone is a good guy with a smartphone. smartphone. So we should be giving out smartphones <laughs> to every, children. If every kid has a smartphone... Then, then we've solved it. Then we've that was easy. There so this is this is, um, but this it's, is it's just that at the moment there's this, this idea that everyone has to have it and that it's a normal thing for everyone to have it and to be on it and be connected all the time. That's that, we, but we've got to that place without ever thinking is that actually good? Is that actually what we want? We sort of just ended up there sort of de facto. Yeah, we kind of went from those clunky, slow smartphones through to these these completely you know large screens and, and everything, and this huge amount of time we spend on it without ever thinking. Oh, how how much time do I want to spend? No one thinks. When they get a new phone, right? How 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 much time do I want to spend on this per week? Okay, yeah, so let's was, let's do. That was weird. Like that was. Let's, that do, was, let's do screen time, Jason. Because yeah, I because I just do it now. You, while you open that up, I can tell my quick little. Because um, because as I said, I, my my phone um, the battery died, yeah. so I had to wait for my new phone to arrive that I ordered online, and so I had six days without yep. a smartphone. How did, how was that? And it was weird because um, I'm 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 certainly pretty standard when it comes to you know spending a lot of time on Facebook and Insta yep. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that during the day, it's only in my pocket, and so I'm just doing that on my computer. Um, yeah. But it's still one device or the other. But I found, like, um, interestingly, me and my wife, we always go to bed at the same time. We finish watching Netflix oh. or doing whatever we're doing, and we go to, oh. basically go to bed. Oh. You know, we go That's to bed so at the same time. That's so sweet. Isn't this so sweet? Um, thanks. <laughs> but... Um, Often she would be sitting on the phone in the lounge. I'd go, you know, go get ready for bed, get into yep. bed sort of thing. And then um, I'd be in bed for maybe 10, 15 minutes and then she'd hop into bed as well. Yep. Um, and I'd just be, I, I knew that she'd do that. She'd take, she goes and checks on our daughters and, yep. you know, and make sure they're okay before she gets into bed. And while she's doing that, I'm sitting on my phone waiting for her to come to bed. Yep. Um, you know, checking Facebook, checking Insta, checking yep. the news on Twitter. Yeah. I couldn't do that. No. And so I was, for the first night, I just sort of sat in bed and went, when's she coming to bed? Yeah. What's going on? Like, what's she taking us so along? Yeah. And the next night, I had to actually almost stand at the door and say, hey, are you coming to bed now? <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to have to lie in bed with nothing to do. Because I'm not entertaining. So, and that's <laughs> a, you, you raise a really good point there, and that, and that is that um, because, because it's, everyone is using their smartphone as their alarm clock, you charge it by your bed. Oh, and that was the other thing I did. I... I, I Spent 15 minutes trying to figure out how to set the alarm on my yeah, alarm clock because I do still have a bedside lock because I like to you know wake up at night and see what time mm. it is. But yeah. I had to spend like 15 minutes trying to figure out how to set the damn alarm. It's, it's hard, but I'd say it's, it's worth it because that that's one of the the traps that that leads you into using it, making and normalising it. The, the amount of usages that it's literally last thing you look at at night, and then the first thing in the morning, which which we know is not great for sleep. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we try to have at, at our house, we've, we not not always successfully, but we I uh, we charge the cell phones that we you actually take the cable and put it in another room. Yeah, and, yeah, and get get a, get that one of those old school um, alarm clocks and have it next to your bed. So, are you going to do your screen time? I'll do mine. So my screen, see, on my screen time, this is where the excuses come out. Yeah, my screen time is always a bit off because I listen to dozens of hours of podcasts. It doesn't doesn't count the podcast time. I, entertainment though, I would do it. I do it on face. I do it on YouTube. Oh, so yeah, I watch all my news yeah, and stuff. It would, it would so actually, for the past seven days. Social networking has been four hours and other has been 53 minutes. Okay. I don't have screen time on, so I, 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 had it, I didn't turn it on. Today I've been on social networking for 12 minutes. But oh, then again, it's only, so it's only 11 though? in the morning. That's pretty good. So what's your average for the week? Uh, my average for the overall time is three hours and 58 minutes. But yeah. entertainment, hmm. being YouTube, is... 16 hours. 16, yeah. So it's the biggest part of it. And as I say, if you look at my YouTube feed, everything is news and current affairs and looking up things like boring phones. Yeah, that no, kind of well, that's a legitimate use, so we encourage that. <laughs> I was going to say, half of my social media this week has been the giveaway that you enabled. Yeah, no, to, that's fine. We, 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 that's, that's positive use, so we're, we're quite happy with that. So um, what was the reason you did this. Is this? Have you seen a gap in the market and it's a business thing? Is this a, a you know an issue for society you want to help with? What's background for the boring phone for you? The, the you know the story that we we tell, which is is the truth of it, is that I wanted. I, I looked at what my smartphone usage was, and it was getting a lot, and uh, and just filling in every little moment. And so mm. I started looking and started tracking it. And it, I when I started tracking, it was about twenty five to thirty five hours a week. Wow, uh, that's not uncommon. That's that's the average. The average is twenty hours per week. So I was, wasn't, wasn't actually at the high end of it, but it was to me a lot. And so I thought that I would try to cut down on it. And that's, that's the thing that, that anyone who's actually tried to do that knows is, is, you know, is, is pretty futile really because mm. the, the pull to, to do it is so strong and the habit is so strong uh, and the sort of social license to do it. it used to, you remember it was, only, it was only a couple of years ago that we used to think, oh, if you get your phone out and look at it while I'm talking to you, it's incredibly rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was about five years ago. Yeah, not anymore. No, no. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have a look at some stage at a guy called Simon Sinek. Yeah. And what I do is with my kids. He's talking about millennials in the workplace. Yeah. But what I do with my kids is every now and again I take them and I show them about an eight minute chunk of it, which is him talking talking about millennials when it comes to specifically use of technology. Yeah. Specifically around phones. And I remember one of the point he made was, if you're having like um, a meal with someone or you're out with someone and your phone's on the table, yeah. then you have a problem. Yeah. He go, and he goes, even if it's face down. No, it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. And, and that, having that permission to use it means it's very easy. So I tried to cut down using different apps and, and you know, turning my screen to grayscale. And, um, well, they do that with, with, with the whole out to dinner thing, don't they? I've seen people that you put your phones all in a pile and yeah. the first person to touch their phone is to pay for dinner. Yeah, well, that, uh, would, that would slow down some people. Well, there's another one again, back to the Simon Sinek thing, which we'll get to at some stage. Um, he says when they go out at night, like him and all his mates, they take one phone. Yeah. And like that, so they can call their Uber, so they can go, you know, yeah. but there's only one phone and the rest of them leave their phones at home. Yeah, no, it, you really, you've got to start thinking uh, creatively and, and actually actively doing things. You can't just think, oh, I use my phone a bit much, I should use it a bit less because nothing will happen. And the other thing is where this generation coming up after us and the one after them, yeah. I guess, is is going. So my daughter had her uh, Dungeons & Dragons friends over on uh, Sunday, which was great. Cool. Uh, you know, four or five kids playing Dungeons & Dragons, that's what they do. Yeah. They played for a while, they got a bit bored with it. I walked into the lounge and there was f- four of them all looking at their screens. Yeah. 
and my daughter was looking at a compu- her computer. Yep. And I and I literally went, oh, screen, 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 computer, maybe we're finished for the day. Yeah. You know, because you guys could do this from home. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 we're having fun. It's like yes. they're, they're actually literally sitting on the couch. Yeah. Looking at their phones with their friend beside them, yeah. interacting with their phone, and, that, and that's the, that's where that addictive component comes in, and that it's very very hard. Uh, every app on your phone is, and every website, mm-hmm. their goal is to increase the amount of time that you spend on it. Yeah, and they they have thousands, well not even thousands, billions of hours of user data to, to know exactly what will keep you there the longest. Yeah, and, you know, I was thinking the other day, which was. Um, it's interesting. We've got, um, you know, the rules around gambling. There's still the rule that you can't go into the casino until you're 21. Yeah. Right? Because we, we, we've, as a society, decided that gambling is so dangerous and that you can't, not even at 18, you're allowed to drink. But you've got to wait to 21 before you could possibly look at the pokey machine. Yeah. And yet you have games that use the exact same technology as the pokey machine, which are the most popular kids' games. I remember they did uh, an expose, a, a, a report on um, Candy Crush. Yeah. And some of the things they said were the colours and the noises, yeah. but also the affirmation. Yeah. You're doing great. Yeah. yeah all and that that's stuff. what kept people in. And, and I remember it was a few years ago, but the story was talking, and a woman was speaking in the story. And she was saying she went on holiday, yeah, like to a beautiful tropical island, yeah, and ended up spending three, four, five hours every day playing Candy Crush because yeah. it drew her in. And yeah, it does. It just gives gives you that that kind of uneven dopamine, yeah, uh, well, hit that that comes through that is addictive, and and we we recognise it's so addictive that you can't even you don't want anyone under twenty one to be exposed to it. And then we go and miniaturize it, put it on a phone and give it, you know, give it to a child. So let's have a look. Can we look at one of these times the next, um, yeah. Jace? We've got a couple queued up. And actually there's one of the messages, the one that starts at 3.05, uh, where he's actually talking about dopamine. And our cell phones releases a chemical called dopamine. That's why when you get a text, it feels good. Right? So, you know, we've all had it where you're feeling a little bit down or feeling a bit lonely. And so you send out 10 texts to 10 friends, you know, hi, 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 hi. Because <laughs> it feels good when you get a response, right? Right? It's why we count the likes. It's why we go back 10 times to see if, and if it's going, if our, my Instagram is growing slower, I would, I, I, did I do something wrong? Do they not like me anymore, right? The, the trauma for young kids to be unfriended, right? Because we know when you get it, you get a hit of dopamine, which feels good. It's why we like it, it's why we keep going back to it. Dopamine is the exact same chemical that makes us feel good when we smoke, when we drink, and when we gamble. In other words, it's highly, highly addictive, right? We have age restrictions on smoking, gambling, and uh, alcohol, and we have no age restrictions on social media and cell phones, which is the equivalent of opening up the liquor cabinet and saying to our teenagers, hey, by the way, this adolescence thing, if it gets you down... Mm. So yeah. there you go. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So uh, he's basically putting out there that giving your, your kids, your, your, your teenagers, your whatever, free access to the phone yeah. is the equivalent of giving them free access to the liquor cabinet because it creates the same dopamine response. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it's possibly, it's a harder to detect, but it's in the same. I mean, if your child discovers alcohol at an early age, you'll you'll notice it. Um, yeah. And there's an added difficult... Well, no, you're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> depending on how cunning they are. Well, yeah, still, if they, yeah. If they fill it back up with tea up to the line that yeah, you've yeah. drawn on the bottle, that yeah. kind of trick. That sounds like it's coming from a place of no, knowing. No idea. Um, <laughs> but... 
Yeah, the, the other the other thing that goes into that is that often um, parents are just as addicted to their phones as their children. Yeah, so, yeah. so they, it's very you know, uh, it's very hard. You're hard pressed to say to your child, "Well, you should be spending less time on your phone." And and actually, children are a lot, often the ones that are saying that their parents spend too much on yeah, the phone. Yeah. There's that that whole thing about "Mummy, mummy, look at me, look at my trick on the on the swing." And and the the mothers and the fathers are sitting there at the at the playground looking at their phones and not at the kids anymore. I do wonder um, about how we're raising our kids and the generation responsible one back. Yeah. And I remember when I used to work on ZB, there'd be the boomers phoning up and talking about the terrible Gen Xs. Yep. You know, and so I would often say to this boomer, the sixty-year-old boomer I was talking to, yeah. so whose fault is this? Yeah. Basically pointing out, you raised us. Yeah. You know, you put into the next generation the values and the the, the what to value and what to deem important. Yeah. That's causing them to be this little shit that you're seeing today. Yeah. So actually, how much responsibility do you have to what you see in the generation after you? And I think about that with this as well. Like, yeah. I hear... So my, let's go. I, I don't want this to turn into a yay me because I'm not saying I've got any answers at all. But my kids don't charge phones in their bedrooms. Yeah, no, that's a really important one. They're, they're, they they charge them in their lounge. Yep. Actually, my eldest has a laptop, and she, she laptops basically not allowed in her bedroom. Yeah, there's right. a there's they, they do work out in the um you know in the dining room. Yeah, that's where it is. I don't really restrict her if she's got stuff to do. She does use it for a toy. I'm not I'm not like a monster. Yeah, but they don't charge them in there. And I've got this thing, Jace. Maybe you can Google this. Uh, this is. I, I tell my friends, all your kids, all your friends are going to hate me because my friends, my kids' friends come over. Yeah. Like if it's a sleepover or something, and I make them put their phones in the lounge. I'm like, we don't have phones in the bedroom here at night time. Sorry, it, it doesn't happen. Jace, can you look up the um, the app Our Pact? O U R P A C T. I use this on my two. I've got my two eldest. Are both the secondary people? They both got phones. I use yep. this on their on their phone. Right. And this enables me to restrict apps. Yep. And this enables me to restrict time. Yeah. And this enables me to do all those things. And I have the opportunity to um, turn them on, turn them off. Yeah. Uh, it costs. But this, that is my version of a yeah, that, that a, is. internet not – what are we calling this if it's not a dumb phone? Well, that's the, that's it's in the middle. It's a boring. It's a, a boring, boring phone. phone. Okay, that's my version of the boring phone. Yeah. And you can see – stop there, Jace. See that one there? So you can put time restrictions on that. You can yep. do all these things. Scroll up a bit more to the next one on the right there. So that you can actually put limits. So what we did during the school holidays, yep. I didn't worry so much about the restrictions of apps, but I said you ain't being on your phone for any more than two an hour, two hours a day. Yep. So I put the, the hourly restriction on it. And look, my, my eldest is 15, and many people might look at me and think, well, she's old enough to look after it. But I'm like, I'm not giving my 15-year-old a bottle of vodka no. to, then, to use as just, they want. And they're just telling them. And, oh, I know, just don't drink too much of that. And the 13-year-old is the same. So this is what I use. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know as well for you, and mm. this is what I've been thinking about for you, maybe you could find some people to work with, um, is is the next iteration of the boring phone you providing a boring app? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good good point, and we did look at that. And the initial, the initial there were two, two parts. One was my desire to have a product like this, which which doesn't exist. Yep. And the, the other one was, was Jasper, who has his children and that. The problem I find is that if you're using it for yourself, so you're, I imagine in theory you could um, you could take that program and use it to restrict your own yep. amount of usage, right? Yep. But because you're the one that set it up and pay for it, you you could also unset it up. Sure. And that's what I found when I tried any apps that would restrict um, would restrict my usage is that I would I would come up with some reason that I really needed to look at the internet, and often often it would be quite a valid 
oh, I need to, you know, some banking or something that seemed important. Yep. Disable it and then, oh, while well, 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 I've disabled it, I'll have a look at something else and then very quickly the old habits come back and, and you know. So what you're saying is the reason the boring phone over a boring app is that this is that you can't get around this. Yeah. There's, there's no get around. There's no get around in the, the, the to me. Except for the iPads you've got in your bag. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is that, but to still having a separate thing, the, the, the thing that's important in using the alcohol analogy, it's like if you're trying to quit drinking, uh, which would you say would be better? Would, would it be better to, to keep the alcohol and put a lock on the cabinet and then put the key in an envelope and write, do not, Yep, we're not yep. drinking, right? Sure. Put that in the shelf, uh, or would it be better to to get rid of the alcohol? So what this actually does, the boring phone, the concept of this um, is that it's not. Re- I mean, it is a parenting device. That's one of the applications, but it's more than that. Whereas yeah. the thing that I use yeah. is a parenting device. Yeah, and and there's there's just a world of difference between a phone that has all of the all of the bells and whistles hidden away and under a lock, yeah, and a phone that physically doesn't have it on it. So yeah. if you get in a weak moment and you decide, oh, I'm, I'm sick of this boring phone nonsense, I, I don't want it, I'm just going to re-enable everything. You can't. It's not on there. Yeah, sure. Uh, you, you you have to go and get another device. There's no get around. Yeah. And so, I mean, what, what I will do is, I, yeah, I do have um, an iPad that I might might use and I can use tethering on the phone because yep. it does data hotspot. But you, when you turn that on, you get out another device and you do it. It's much harder to do that unconsciously than it is when it's on your phone that's well, in your pocket. Well, the big question, so, obviously. So, just, what, sorry, did, did, so did you intentionally choose, because you can get an iPad with yeah. 4G on it and 5G on it, yeah. so did you intentionally choose to get an iPad with just Wi-Fi so that you had to go through that extra step? Or no, I just already had an iPad. I just already had, 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 that, had that. But it is it adding in that step and then, um, I don't know about you, but I also feel like worried when I do tethering that the, that the other device is going to try and download an update of like 1.5 gigs. And burn all my data, so yeah, so, <laughs> so you uh, then have an incentive just to get on, find what it is you need, and then and then go off. I think the question everyone wants to know, and Jason will back me up on this, I'm sure, is if you've got a boring phone, how do your bowels work? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. You have to think your thoughts. Because, like, I think I don't think my bowels can work at the moment yeah, without a smartphone. That's I don't even know what we used to to do, but. That, and that, that's actually it's speak a, for your own bowels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm quite regular. It depends on how long that, that involves for you. But one of the really interesting things about using this uh, that I, I found, well, the first thing I did was I just got a regular phone, rooted it and deleted all the apps, yep. which is effectively the same yep. thing, is that you just don't realise how much of your little moments you're filling with your phone. Yeah. Yeah, every time you're waiting to make a cup of tea, Whatever it is, your, your phone is out, and you feel like you're in the lift. You're going to have a look. You're, you're waiting for, the, for someone to pick you up. Any all these times, and actually, if you'd stop filling that with times, and then initially you'll have a panic where your your, your brain will be like 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 you're, Jason bed, yeah, sitting in bed going that. Well, what you find if you actually go past say a week of it, um, you'll either you'll find either either you might put a book next to your bed which you would read, but more more importantly is in the really small times you actually just start thinking about your day. And you think, wow, well, this morning I did this and I did that. Yeah, I was going to say that because I, as a, as a creative guy, you know, like yeah. I, I, I've worked in the creative industries my entire life, yep. and um, and I've had this conversation several times with my wife and other people that um, if you don't, and and it's again very very applicable to, to kids as well. Um, yep. You need to be bored. Yeah, it's a very important thing to be bored because when you're bored, your mind wanders, your creativity wanders, your your subconscious can yep. process things, you can overcome issues, you can um, be a little bit. It's almost kind of what nowadays is called mindfulness. Yeah, um, it's just back then it was there was you didn't have something to fill you up, didn't have that and so you just had a time to go. 
I wonder why. Yeah. And, and, and let your mind wander and daydream. And so you, people just don't daydream anymore. No, and that's, that's a huge just, thing. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. There's, there's a massive thing that we've lost without even without even realising it. And, and it's that um, allowing that space for something to come out of your mind. We've got very into consuming. You know, we say consumer culture and we always think about like buying things. But it's not just the buying things, it's just consuming. So yeah. there's, there's an endless amount of content for us to consume. It's basically more than you could possibly watch in a lifetime now in terms of videos, podcasts and, and things. And so you're just continually feeding your mind with the newest ones of those and you never let your mind have a chance to process it, think about it and go, here's something back out of it. There's an element as well, and I agree with what you're saying, Jace, but also the idea of being bored without all those creative payoffs, just being bored. Yeah. Like I, I tell, my, tell my kids all the time, you know, when I used to finish cricket practice, um, at St Peter's College, and I'd be sitting on Kyber Pass, yep. waiting for the bus to come. I'd just sit and wait for the bus to come. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> "What?" Yeah. I was like, "I, I didn't. I mean, like, if I had a book, I'd read it. Yeah. Um, perhaps if I had some work to do that I could do on my lap, I'd do it. Yeah. But generally, you're waiting at the bus stop at five o'clock on a Thursday night for forty minutes. You're just sitting there waiting. Yeah. And as this is probably the wrong way to say it. Yeah. But that's sort of a skill. Yeah, that these days, yeah, definitely that kids need and yeah. people need. Like, I actually sometimes find that, like, I've got my lounge. I'm lucky enough to work from home most of the time. My lounge gets beautiful sun yeah. in the afternoon. It comes flooding through the door, especially on a day like today in Dunedin, which it's about eight degrees outside. And yesterday when it snowed, yeah. And I find sometimes in the afternoon, I'll just like to lie in the sun, not listen to anything, not yeah. watch anything, yeah. just lie there in the sun. 10, 15, 20 minutes and just be. Yeah. And that idea of just being, I think, is something that's disappearing. It's that, yeah. There's, there's that, that, yeah, the, that long period of, of, of just allowing your mind to, to do whatever. And that gets harder and harder because the other thing that cell phones do is this attention switching, is that we, we get everything packaged into smaller and smaller units of attention. So, so your, your average sort of, you know, meme will take you, you know, two, two seconds to fully get and you'll be on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And I don't know about you, but um, when I was a kid, my, my parents are probably more, more to the extreme. We didn't have a TV till I was 14. So right. I really had no option but to read if I wanted to fill the time. Yeah. And I used to read everything. And, and, you know, just any book, I would just go and pick them out from the, from the library and get it. And then as I got older, I realized I wasn't reading. And after you've been at uni, you know, there's a period after uni where you kind of resent reading. So <laughs> you have a little break. Um, but then I started trying to read and finding that I, I just, could, you know, it was a real struggle because when I was a kid, I would sit and read for two hours, like three yeah, hours. Yeah, I, I think that about my my girls now, especially yeah. my eldest. She is someone who I remember very clearly. She was reading a, a book, you know, it was probably, what's that, an inch and a half thick. Yeah. Yeah. And she came out and the marker was halfway through it. Yeah. And I made some kind of dumb dad joke about, oh, you're just making it look like you've read a lot of your book. And he, she went, dad, I started reading this yesterday. And I was like, what? I'm yeah. like, what, what page are you on? And she's like 196. Yeah. And in the space of a day, less than a day, she'd read 200 pages. Yeah. Um, and I was literally just thinking the other day, I wonder if it might sound again like I'm an ogre. I'm going to have to instigate or instill into the house, guys, this is reading time. Yeah. Because I know that all of my kids love to read, yeah. but given the opportunity of a dopamine, well, colourful, yeah. you know, option B, you know what they're going to do. And then uh, is she going to get to university and 
maybe not hate reading, but I've lost. It's a skill. It's a skill to be it's able to skill. concentrate on something for an hour, yeah. an hour, and actually focus. And there was a really good point that uh, one of the, the first people uh, I can't remember his name, one of the reverends who who had written about um, Lent and giving up things, mm. and uh, he was saying he went to see the latest Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise. Uh, you know, with he, the helicopter. He went, he went to see it with Tom Cruise, no, not or he with, went to see it and Tom Cruise. Was I don't in think it. I don't think Tom Cruise <laughs> is his personal friend. <laughs> I'm just checking that out because it was, it was that one where Tom Cruise learned how to fly a helicopter because that's the most practical way to do that stunt, right? Yeah. But anyway, he was in there watching, and this is the, the top of the line, most expensive, you know, movie, and people were pulling out their phones and checking their phones in it. So basically, it doesn't. There, there's no entertainment that in itself will hold people's attention. For, for an hour because we just don't have that and um, yeah that, that, that's a real big loss it's another thing that we just haven't haven't quite realised um, and one of the big groups that have been really interested in this phone is, is guys who are um, 30 to 50 yeah, who I think can remember the time when they didn't have their phone and they can remember what they used to do and they're the ones that are like hang on whereas, whereas it, you know, it, was, it was such a subtle shift we didn't realise that suddenly we weren't having daydreams or, or reflections or thinking about your day. We, you we know, weren't I was, reading. I was thinking that the other day. I was having again another conversation with my wife and it, it was just that what on earth? Because I, I, I am old enough to, to definitely remember a time before the internet but I cannot yeah. remember what it was like in a way. I can remember what it was like but at the same time yeah. I can't. because it's hard, hard to think. I'm just like if, I, if the internet got turned off in my house for a week and I didn't have my phone to be able to access it wirelessly, you know, 4G and stuff, yeah. what would I do? You yeah. know, I, I, our TV doesn't receive a, a, a UHF signal, so we do because we rely solely on Netflix. And it's yep. just like, what would I do without being able to? Because every you know, I was like, oh, if I think about something, I Google it, yep. and, and, and 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 that sort of thing. And it's just like, I mean, what the, do you do? I mean, it, it's not. I, I don't want to come across like the guy saying that none of this stuff is good because a no. lot of it's a lot of you know. We were just talking about the cameras you use and and and. Um, when I was a kid, you know, you just couldn't access that. You could dream about accessing a, a, broad, a broadcast quality camera oh, was, was, was the same as a, I a, house in, you know, a house in Mount Eden. It I was, started in the industry just just before the cusp of this revolution. Yeah. And so the first camera I owned uh, cost me $8,000 yeah. and the picture quality was... Um, it's it still pretty. It, it was, was like decent. Mini DV or something. It or? was no. It was it was just. Uh, I don't know. This was the third. This was the first professional camera yep. I owned. Um, so I don't mean idea before this was the first. I was it shot DSD, so right. it was um, was like just it was, so it was 1080p. Um, but it was all one big unit, so it was one one camera. Um, it certainly wasn't sort of yep. YouTube news on, but it was good for the sort of uh, freelancer. Um, but it cost you know eight thousand dollars now for. Probably the would be the cheapest I could go. Probably six hundred dollars new. Yeah, five hundred dollars secondhand. I could probably get something that would shoot better. Yeah, definitely. So. And, and and so there's that technology that's come along, and then along with that, that's the knowledge. You, you know, um, I don't know about you. Remember, if you used to work on a car, you'd have to go and get the Haynes manual and photocopy the pages that you were you were doing to figure out how to do yeah. something. Yeah. Now, um, you, now there's a YouTube, YouTube. There's a YouTube of everybody Literally. doing everything, so you can learn all of it. So there's, there's yeah. that's that great. There's, there's all of these, these wonderful things that come with it, but there's a, there's a cost um, w- which also comes along and that we haven't really looked at and we haven't really sort of thought about what we're willing to, to yeah, trade well, off. I had, that, like, I had that two weeks ago because I was changing the brake pads on my car, on my wife's car yeah. and I couldn't get a screw off. Yeah, that and, was, look it up and, and, I, and so I was just like, oh, how the hell am I getting the screw off? And so I went on YouTube and there was a guy who was like, having trouble getting the screw off your, off your drum? Not, not just a screw in general, getting the screw off your um, disc brakes on a Japanese car. Yeah. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and he was like, this is what you need. And I was like, okay, cool. Jumped, and then after that, jumped on to 
Google, Googled it, found a place that sold the tool nearby, drove, yep. picked it up, bought it, so bought, bought it online, click and collect, and yep. within half an hour I had the tool. So I am listening mm. quite intently, actually, and thinking. I'm not bored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I'm just thinking. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I think about how this is a societal issue. Yeah. And the more I think about it, so I was think, listening to you guys talking about YouTube and um, I can juggle. I'm a good juggler. Yeah. And um, my uh, daughter asked me in the last six months, you know, how did you learn to juggle? Yeah. And I said, oh, you know, I just practiced and went from one ball to another. And she said, did you, did you follow a tutorial on YouTube? <laughs> and I went, oh, no, it was probably 30 years before YouTube came yeah. along. And she was like, the eyes widened. Yeah. And she was like, the kid version of WTF. Yeah, like, how you did know, you learn what, what do you mean? What do you mean before YouTube? You know, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't, didn't exist. I wonder as well, I think we might watch a second clip from Mr. Sinecki where we start at 4.42, where he talks about, um, the addiction part yeah. of technology. Now, just to set up the context of this, he is talking about millennials in the workplace. Yeah. So the overall clip that he's in isn't necessarily uh, relevant to the conversation we're having, but there yeah. are bits from it, especially when he's talking about younger people and technology, which I think are, are very relevant. And well, let's just watch it first of all. So this is yeah. a bit from 442. Entire generation that has access to an addictive. I'm just trying numbing to find it was a 442. Chemical 442 through social media and cell phones as they're going through the high stress of adolescence. Why is this important? Almost every alcoholic discovered alcohol when they were teenagers. When we're very very young, the only approval we need is the approval of our parents. And as we go through adolescence, we make this transition where we now need the approval of our peers. Mm. Very frustrating for our parents, very important for us. It allows us to acculturate outside of our immediate families into the broader tribe, right? It's a highly, highly stressful and anxious period of our lives, and we're supposed to learn to rely on our friends. Some people, quite by accident, discover alcohol and numbing effects of dopamine to help them cope with the stresses and anxieties of adolescence. Unfortunately, that becomes hardwired in their brains. And for the rest of their lives, when they suffer significant stress, they will not turn to a person, they will turn to the bottle. Mm. Social stress, financial stress, career stress, that's pretty much the primary reasons why an alcoholic drinks, right? What's happening is because we're allowing unfettered access to these dopamine-producing devices and media, basically it's becoming hardwired. And what we're seeing is as they grow older, they, too many kids don't know how to form deep, meaningful relationships. Their words, not mine. They will admit that many of their friendships are superficial. They will admit that their friends, that they don't count on their friends, they don't rely on their friends, they have fun with their friends, but they also know that their friends will cancel on them if something better comes along. Deep, meaningful relationships are not there because they never practice the skill set, and worse, they don't have the coping mechanisms to deal with stress. So when significant stress starts to show up in their lives, they're not turning to a person, they're turning to a device, they're turning to social media, they're turning to these things which offer temporary relief. We know, the science is clear, we know that people who spend more time on Facebook suffer higher rates of depression than people who spend less time on Facebook. There you go. That'll do right? us. So these things balanced. I alcohol think, is not bad. I think that, um, and he goes on to say alcohol's not bad, too much alcohol's bad, you know, yeah. social media's not yeah, bad. No, no, too no, much I, agree, I agree with him on that. Yeah. So um, I don't want to sound like a pessimist or, mm. or it's like a fatalist <laughs> kind of being defeated, but... I'm picking up my phone now in case people don't know. These, actually there's no 
sensitive information on that front screen. <laughs> these <laughs> from your from your bank. Yeah. These aren't going anywhere. No, they're not going away. Your um, idea is definitely needed and definitely there. But what are we? How do we integrate the best of the boring phone? Yeah. Into the psyche of the generation who would rather be rich and lonely yeah. than poor with lots of friends, because that's something that's on your Facebook page right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we're looking And uh, I think the first thing is, is, that, uh, is a society realising that there is an issue, and mm. that's the first thing, and that's what's, what's starting to happen. That's why there are people like Simon Sinek. And it, it used to be that people would say, oh, I'm addicted to my phone, ha-ha. And, and everyone has sort of some sort of jokes about, you know, has, and uses humour as a diversion to, to avoid having to deal with it. But people are starting to realise now, actually... You know, the feeling I had with my phone is I started to hate it. Really? You know, I started to have the feeling. You like, felt how much it was Im- like uh, imposing on your life? Yeah, that, that I, I hated how much time I was spending on it and how I, how it was making me. And I don't don't think I'm the only person who's had that feeling. And it, I you know, think sometimes as you get older, you start to recognise what's not good for you mm. a little bit, a little bit, you know, you can you can start to go, hang on, this is, I, I don't want to be spending my time on this. You, you know, is, I think, this, is this straight, is this a straight, Time sucking thing as well, or is it kind of a bit, a little bit of you know, speaking from personal, like the grass is always greener, like a little bit of envy, seeing what your mates are up to, you know, seeing the filtered that's, version of your mates. That's that know. goes into it as well, and I mean that's a part of what sort of sucks you into to looking at it. But it's just that 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 difficulty in stopping, and, and I think everybody has had that thing when you think, oh, what's the time, and you look at your phone and be like, oh, I've got an alert. And then you go, oh, that reminds me. And then you're on to the next and you're on to the next. And then you're like, I've, I've been on this an hour. That was one of the reasons I ended up actually going, because I didn't wear a watch for years, um, yeah. from basically, I think, all through university. Yeah. Um, as you know, I think during university, but like for years after I finished uni, um, yeah. I didn't. But then six years ago, I got a watch. Yeah. Also because the iPhone that I had at the time, the screen was burning yeah. um, where the clock symbol was because right, I was yeah. always pulling it out of my, checking the time, yeah. putting it back. And so yeah. that spot where the clock was got the screen burned. Well, that's so, actually yeah. not so bad yeah. if you look at that. The problem I had was that I would, would look at it and then get, and yeah, of course get, you get, the get sucked into it. And so you get sucked in. So now I just I check my watch rather than my phone. So there's, a, there's an interesting movement which um, you might want to look up called Humane Tech, um, which, is, which is saying, well, we've got all of these, all of these designs at the moment are, are geared towards increasing your usage time. Uh, on YouTube, that they, 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 that that then means the algorithms talk. trying to yeah. suck you down the rabbit hole. That's that's the design of them. One of the really interesting, you know, talking about dopamine hits is that an interesting point is that uh, at the moment on a on a smartphone you get the same buzz, the same vibration notification. It could be a text from a family member that there's an emergency and something bad has happened, right? Right. And you also get that exact same buzz because someone that you follow on YouTube has has put a new video up, right? You know, and so what it means is that when you get that buzz in your pocket, it's like it's like a you, it's a mystery prize in a sense. It's like a lucky dip, right? <laughs> what have I got now? What's but, in my pocket? And, and the magic of it is, is because it's you don't know. It could be something. It could be something really bad. It could be something really good. It could be something meaningless. But you have to check. You have to check, and it, yeah. and, it, and it's random as as to what as to when they come in. And so one of the things I say, well, well, hang on a second. For starters, you can turn off all the notifications of things that don't require attention mm-hmm. secondly you can make it that your family members if they text you or message you there's a distinct buzz right right yeah so now that if you go buzz buzz oh well i know you can even have have multiple ones you know that's that's your partner or that's your child so yep i'm, I'm not going to look at that I, I did that when my wife was pregnant with our first yeah. kid because i was on a big big tv shoot and so yeah. my phone was always on silent during the day and so i changed it to going if it was my wife because she was going into labor and so everybody else is just 
and yeah. like if it yeah if it was her, and it that's, was like a really, good idea. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that is that that could be set up uh, now, but they don't. Neither neither iPhone nor Android set that up. What meaning it's not available? No, no, you can go in and dig in and the settings and do it, but they could make it, it the default. Right. They could make it the default that that um, uh, alerts are graded essentially. Yeah. By by that, and that would makes far more sense from a from a user point of view. But from a point of view of making people use their phone, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. And so the, all of this design is tilted towards every little every little possible. So what's more evil? Is it the phone manufacturer? So is it Apple, or is it the apps? Because it's- is it? It's not. It's not. I wouldn't say it's an evil. It's yeah, just. It's I'm, just, I'm being facetious, but you well, know what I mean. It's like it's it's commerce, and that that is that. Uh, it's you know they're pushing always towards the maximum profitability, and so that means that every. But they're all competing, and it's it's an, each iteration is is more and more addictive and more mm. and more time consuming, and they're all pushing in that direction, and that's why there is this humane tech movement. There is things people like us with a boring phone that's saying, "Hang on a second, pay us the money up front for what it is you want. We'll yep. give it to you and leave you alone." Yep. Yep, and 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 once people start realizing, I think it has to come from users. I don't think that they're going to offer it because why would you? If if you made an app and you figured out, oh, you know, um, if I make this design change, people are ten percent happier, but they use the, the app ten percent less. Right. They're not going to do it, are they? Because right. their shareholders will say, "Hang on a second, our app usage is down ten percent. How do we get it back?" Yeah. What they'll do is they'll do things like uh, Instagram does, which they say, "Tell us how long you'd like to use on it. We'll tell you, but we won't enforce it because." We'll give you, you know, and that's the same with with screen time and and the, the similar tools on Android. Is that there's these tools there that do it, but it's it's like it's like the little label on the alcohol bottle that says drink responsibly. It's or very, the, very, the it's very, on the front of the cigarette packet. Yeah. Like, this will cause Cause cancer. Because that's the thing with you know with the screen time yeah. that you can set. As you know, my wife did this when when it first came out on the iPhone. She's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So she set herself a limit yeah. for Instagram and social. Yeah. And then she hit it real quick. Oh yeah. And she's like, ah. Oh. And so she just turned it off. Yeah. Well, not turned it off, but she was like, okay, and just swipe, ignore. Yeah. It's like they actually need to, you know, what you're saying, like, because um, the phones can, obviously can do this because they do it with passwords. Yeah. If you enter the password incorrectly yeah. three times, you have to wait a minute. If you enter yeah. it again, you have to wait five minutes. If yeah. you enter again, you have to wait an hour. And so... That, that's what these humane, humane yeah, tech so under... There's, there's no way to circumvent it. You can still make an emergency phone call, yeah. but that's it. You know. well, there, there's, I mean, the design is also about introducing friction that that comes up. So the, the example I use is that, you know, you could have a phone that has a browser, and this is the sort of thing we're really interested in, a browser that gets randomly slightly slower and more clunky and the colour leaches out of it the longer you use it. Right. I like right. That. Wow. Good. So you you get on there, you go to check something, and then it starts like ah, uh, you know, it's getting a slide. I don't know about you, but anyone who's experienced patchy Wi-Fi, patchy Wi-Fi is far worse than no Wi-Fi, right? That will, right. Yeah. That, that yeah. will get you off your phone quicker than because no Wi-Fi. You're like, oh well, I can't do anything patchy. You're like, come on, speed up. But if it's in there, then that, that, that and that's there's no reason that phones can't be designed by that. That the reason is is that the model is the phone is subsidised by the the apps and the app store and all of that, and so. The phones seem really, you know, or by the, you know, when you go to the supermarket or um, you can buy a phone which is really cheap because the um, phone company Vodafone gives it to you. It's locked to Vodafone. Yeah. Well, the reason they're willing to do that is because they they sell the data and so they know, oh, well, yeah, fine, we'll give you the phone for 10 bucks because we know you'll, you'll pay the full price of it in six months and, and extra data. So yeah, they, I, found, they, I, found, I found that when I went to try and buy a dumb phone because yeah. my phone died is that I could get a phone for 30 bucks on locked. on Vodafone because I'm on two degrees, but I had to yeah. pay $60 or $50 to get it unlocked to yeah. use it on two degrees. So and, that's, like, you know. and that's that whole thing of all of, all of these, you know, it's about um, an upfront design that 
that actually you pay for what it is you want and then you don't get advertised to. And, mm. and people are starting to think, actually, I would pay for that. So you said, course, you said before, um, subs, of course, the phones that we're buying, um, are, the companies are selling them at a loss. And yeah. So they have to make up the money somehow. Yeah, that's how they do that, it. That's facetious, obviously, because an iPhone does not cost $2,000 <laughs> to make, I'm sure. But, no, no. Yeah. Um, you said that um, the boring phone yeah. you're looking at, 30 to 50-year-old men, or yeah. people in general, men in particular? Men, definitely men and, and I would, professional men as well, often um, doctors, university, IT guys. Mm. And are they people who are also got another phone typically? Do you have to research oh, anything about that? I think everyone has another phone these you, days. You, so tell us about your experience today. You had to swap over? In terms of, of um, oh, today, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So for example, if I'm travelling and I, I want to use the um, uh, New Zealand app for the, yeah. for the ticket. So yeah, I can swap the SIM over. And, and use that for today, but when I go back home, I'll swap it back to the... Because when I'm at work, I just don't need any of that stuff. So is it possible to have a phone? Maybe it's a... I was going to say a dual SIM phone, but it's almost mm. like, a, like a dual IO, a dual um, software phone where you can have it on a... But then I guess you come back to that you same thing. You'll just, that you'll just turn it off. You will yeah, just turn it off. yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I think... So do you keep the same number though? I mean, yeah. I, I see it would make sense to me to just have two different phones. Yeah, you can you can do that. All the other one that I, I'll do if I need something, but um, I'll just bring the second phone and just use the data tethering and turn the phone on when I need to. Um, if I know I'm going to get an email in the middle of the day that's not work related, then I'll, I'll do, do that. Do you think there is an evolution of your product? Yeah, the boring phone um, that will then, uh, you know, another iteration which will then maybe include some things which you're beginning to see our handy like for example the New Zealand app. yeah well that, that's that's what I mean about the, the that design that actively discourages you from using it so I, I'd, I'd say if you could buy a phone that the design of the phone its goal yeah. was to be functional not be used for time wasting yeah. I mean you could have things like you could have a browser that that gives you 15 minutes a day and, if you, and in no way and no way around it because I buy this and it's basically a closed circuit yeah this yep. is this is it yep if you develop some more software yeah that let's say did that browser for 15 minutes yeah do you have the capacity to then send that out to all the phones yeah we do so that, okay. that was one of the things that jasper the um who's the, the tech guy and um, business partner on it he, he figured out is yeah that we can do um, uh, remote updates so, so you're like elon musk can send out software to the yeah. teslas yeah you exactly guys can like do that. it you yeah. can do it from from your end yeah so it's important for security in case uh, case you know something is discovered um but it also gives us the option to to put out something um, to add in applications that would be useful on the security uh point have you become a bit uh have you become knowledgeable of the cell phone world i mean 5g has just been released there's a lot of Concerned by some yeah. around Huawei. Yeah, are you are you onto that? Can you give us a background as to what you've seen and what you think? Um, I, I mean, I, th- I think at the moment, just the standard way that you have everyone has their phone set up with with all of this information, all this personal data on one device, which is not super secure, um, and all of this this information that Facebook has on us, all the information Google has on us. I think sort of um, we're, we're already sort of just you know, incredibly vulnerable with this huge what, border what's tech the, What's the worst case scenario? So Google has a crap load of information on me, well, as does Facebook. What could happen? Well, at the, you know, it's 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 always the it's always when when government and technology are are happy and everything's going well, everyone thinks, well, what's the worry? But I mean, you look at if you were in um, Hong Kong and you were one of the guys that was leading the protests there and organising those, then you would be pretty worried, and you you might have pretty legitimate concerns to be protesting about. But then they they can go and dig through and, and find information. Can definitely find where you are, find who you talk to, 
um, find information, um, you know, in countries where it's um, homosexuality is illegal and the government wants to, to get that. Yep. And, you know, you sort of say, oh, well, we're in New Zealand, we don't need to worry about things. Well, look at you, a few years ago, you would have said the US was crazy to worry about those sorts of things. And, and now it doesn't quite seem so crazy that the government might target people that are um, that are making them unhappy. So the, the, the thing about these big companies having all their information, mm. it's about, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying, and I guess there's no real answer to that because it is hypothetical, yeah. but what you're saying is from a governmental level it could be dangerous. What about from a, like what could face, Facebook, forget the US government, but what could Zuckerberg do with our information that could harm out I mean I can understand they can tailor advertising and yeah. annoy us to hell yeah. but what, what 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 could that lead to in a, in a way of harm or or you know negatively impact our life well we're already seeing it in the in the that that increase in the divide between people and, and seeing how damaging that is to society when you look at that like thing. this stuff yes yeah. that, that guy and and how how divided people come in and then how how their government essentially becomes paralyzed because they're that they, they, everybody is so against each other. There's no collaboration. Mm-hmm. There's no discussion between it, and and uh, that's the sort of the danger with with um, the way that, that Facebook doesn't just. But that means you're not saying it's about an individual. You're saying it's about the danger to society almost. Yeah. I mean, like it's the fake news. It's what came yeah. out. It's Russia yeah. hacking in. It's it's so so. And I'm not saying that we can answer this exactly. It's not necessarily about the danger necessarily, or the or the. Um, vulnerability to an individual but once 90% of society is online yeah. then society becomes vulnerable it, it does and I think it can have an impact on a on an individual level I mean I've got a lot of sure people in my family who have got very drawn into I'd say sort of fringe fringe areas like uh, you know conspiracies and, and things like that and any flat earthers yeah. Ah, oh, I love it. Yeah, there's some, some, some people that... We, that we, our longest podcast ever, hour and 45 minutes with a flat earther. <laughs> and, and I mean, on one, on one level, I mean, flat, the flat earth one I think is relatively harmless and, and amusing, but the, you know, the vaccine one is, is less, yeah, yeah. less so, and, and a number of them are starting, and they, that really causes tension in, in families, and that, that on an individual level can be quite painful for people to, um, to deal with, and you're, you're up against some very sophisticated, uh, you know, basically weapons-grade, Propaganda mm. and, and weapons grade kind of targeting, and so it can come through and actually at an individual level. And there's also the but but that's not new. The delivery system is the, new. The delivery system is new, but that's it? not new. It's a little no. bit like when we talk about bullying. Yeah, I mean, like there was bullying at school. Oh, yeah, definitely. There was bullying phone calls being made to the yeah. kid at home, and now there's bullying texts being. Sent. The bullying's not the new part. It's the delivery it's system. It's the delivery, and it's the reach of it. Because it used to be there were there were always people who thought that the Earth was flat, but yeah. there was a guy at the end of the street. They're called morons. Yeah, <laughs> and and you you know you'd say Trev would come in and, and you'd say oh you know it's all a conspiracy. People just say ah oh, shut up go away. Yeah. But now that guy is, is linked up with another guy, and his and, and the they next have one hundred and twenty-seven thousand followers on yeah. Facebook. And then they get that, and then uh, you know Facebook, you know it's it's um, it's it's trying to, to always push you towards what makes you stay longer, and what makes you stay longer is more and more extreme conflict, conflict, and absolutely there's and, and absolutely there's an algorithm that go, that points you towards yeah. conflict because there is data that shows basically if you're annoyed and angry, you stay You'll on stay for longer, on and, yeah. and if it's extreme. So if you're a mother and you're worried. I, uh, about say um, vaccine as you search vaccine safety until recently the top recommended video was a video showing a, a little a little girl before her vaccination and after when she was diagnosed with autism mm. so you're up against that kind of manipulation and that's incredibly um, you're very hard pressed to watch that and be like yeah well well we, or you get educated yeah and you know that the markers of autism have happen in, in utero yeah no I mean it, it but you're sort of up against this um, 
yeah, but pe- people go to the internet to find information, and if that's the that's what's being served up to them, um, it's not going to get everybody, but yeah. it will get a, pers- a percentage. And then as that gets a certain mass, then people are like, well, a lot of people are saying it. But it's like I'm I'm um, I'm having a lot of uh, really interesting. My kids are learning about debating and about critical thinking, and yeah. I always go, well, what about this and what about this and what about this? Yeah, you know, they're basically they have to because I'm their dad. Yeah. Um, and we were talk- we've been talking about gender recently. It's a big yep. one. Talking about gender this and gender that and you yep. know, what does it mean? And if it means this, it means that and if you go down this path it means this and 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 then we start Googling it and yep. I, and when we start Googling it I say, but hmm. what I want to know is what is the source information from that yep. result you're watching? What is this? What is this? What is this? It's not just about here's seven videos that agree. Yeah. It's about where is that information come from? Is it opinion? Is yep. it you know? Is there scientific data or research to back that up? So yep. yeah, and, and like you say, there is there is especially in that world of uh, social media, social justice, there is a lot of uh, opinion and feelings put out there in the place of science and yep. and, and facts and. Yeah, but it gets it gets very hard to, to distinguish because the, the the sophistication of the conspiracies and and these ideas is so much more because you have a, such a bigger mass. Yeah. Well, now you have some really good video production guys that yeah, will make yeah. really good because when it was just a sort of a guy in his in his basement with a tinfoil hat on, yeah, with a tinfoil hat and a webcam, it's quite easy to be like, well, obviously he would say that. But when they're you know really you know professionally shot videos and professionally edited and put together, and because it's monetizable, yeah, it's and monetizable. then they're making money off it, yep. and then they become their production values get better. Yeah, did you see the the Netflix documentary, the Behind the Curve? Yes, yeah, that was I mean, hilarious. But you could sort of see that guy almost admit that he would have nothing else to do if he Mark left Sergeant. it. Yeah, he's yeah, basically. I mean, it was a great, it's a great one. But it, if yeah. people haven't seen that, the best thing about the documentary is they 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 do it quite well, and there is a specific <laughs> tool. That shows the curvature of the Earth. I mean, sorry, the, the rotation of the Earth. Yeah. So the Earth rotates 15 degrees every hour. Yeah. 24 hours, 15, 360 degrees. Yeah. And they bought this massive, massively expensive it's piece of equipment yep. to measure it. Yeah. And unfortunately, when they measured it to prove there was no spin, it showed there was 15 degrees every hour. Yeah. And then they put it inside like the lead line case, and there was 15 degrees yep. of spin for the hour. And then they were obviously on a hot mic and didn't realise they were and yeah. basically said, if this gets out, we're going to look really foolish. Yeah. And it got out. And then there was another one where they the, the, the documentary ends, it's fantastic, yeah. with a guy trying to line up um, like bits of wood with a hole in them yeah. a mile apart. You know, if I hold the light here, it'll go through both both places yeah. because it's flat yeah. and he goes I'd have to hold it at 23 feet for there to be a curve and the, like, the very last line is can you lift the light up yeah. because it, you couldn't see it and he lifts it up how high is he holding it above my head yeah. kind of saying because there's a curve yeah yeah, that was brilliant behind but the that, curve you know that's really good but it, yeah, just the thing is when you go online you're trying to look at sources and find information it is really hard and it's like there, there are you know it's like the, the anti-vax thing there are medical doctors who are who are online and making videos and saying and saying, really yeah reputable. Well, I don't know if they're reputable, but so I had the just just because this is in my house at the moment the gender conversation. Yeah, you know the the one of the things I do and this is the critical thinking thing. There's a um, a woman called Dr. Deborah So. She right. is a, a PhD in uh, I think it's neurological sexual behaviour. Yeah. So she's a, a like a brain scientist yeah. about sex. Right. And I I show one of my kids the the clip. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um. And she says there are two genders. 
Right. Before I show my kid the clip, and I'm not doing this to convince her, I'm doing the critical thinking thing. Yep, yep. I go, who do you think knows more about gender and sex and all that kind of stuff? The person who's a doctor in it or you or me? Yep. And of course my kid goes, well, who she does? And I play the clip and it goes, there are two genders. Yep. And I go, well, she says there's two genders. Now what do we talk about? Yep. And it's just the ability to kind of go, there's information that might not align with some of the things that, you know or think or you're thinking about or whatever. Yeah. And it's like I love I love religious conversations. Yeah. And I had one the other day with a with a young couple who are ardently have their belief and that's great. Yeah. And the thing I always say is I could show you theologians with massive letters behind their name yeah. who have been doing this for fifty years who will say the exact opposite. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. You know, is that so you believe this or you think this or your research says this. Here I'll show you research an opinion that says the opposite. Now, what do we do? Yeah, well, this is this is an interesting thing. I was just listening on the, the way in onto a, a podcast, and um, they they called it the um, said asking the oblig- obligation question. Uh, what's his name, Vic? But he was saying that the, the, essentially you get kind of you have to ask people a meta question, which is is if I, you know, you you believe this, mm. if I could show you a document that proved it was opposite, would that change your belief? Yep. And that's and that's the key. That's the kind of key thing that you need to to have that conversation with people to see where they're actually coming from. That flat Earth one. Yeah. I we have video and we showed it to him in the flat Earth of a helicopter across the other side of the lake disappearing <laughs> below the water line. Right. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, if we go up to up the road, you know, yep. up to where a place, and we do this experiment, I said, I'll get a helicopter. Yeah. I said, if we do this experiment, yep. and you see for yourself what you've seen there, will it prove you? And he said, No. No. Exactly. And, and because the saying is, for those that believe, yep. no proof is needed. Yep. For those that don't, no proof is enough. Yep. And that and that's the thing. And that, the the interesting thing is to flip that around and ask yourself that question. So, and then actually be able to answer it. So I, I would say, if if someone asked me, what would it take to change my opinion on on vaccines? I can tell you, yeah, you know, if if it was reported in several medical journals that there was a yep. new breakthrough and they'd found a problem. And that was peer reviewed, and and uh, after a period of years, it was still acknowledged, and and the practice started to change. Yeah, then I would be be on board saying yeah. It's also, and we've talked about this before on this podcast. It's also the idea um, about I- ideology versus intelligent debate. Yeah, you know, and I've I've said this before, so I apologise to people who've heard me say it. Um, we would all admit, if we have an ounce of intelligence, yeah, that we're not always right. Yeah, whereas an ideologue always thinks they're right. Yeah. You know, and I use the example, and I've used this before again, so I apologise, about writing pieces on my blog, um, pro-union pieces, and then an anti-union piece. Yeah. And, of course, when I wrote the pro-union piece, I was, you know, a mouthpiece of Helen Clark and a voice of the left and the left <laughs> yeah. liberal. And yeah. then when I wrote the the anti, well, it wasn't anti, it was just, I disagreed with what the union was doing in this one instance. Yeah. I was a, a far right winger and I was this, that, and the other thing. But yeah. that was when I wrote a piece called, hmm. you know, Intelligent Debate Versus Ideology show you we acknowledge that we can't always be right 100% of the time no one can yeah. so what if in this instance you're the wrong one yeah. and the opposing view is the right one it's going to happen we're not right all the time no and people but people don't think that because they always think they've got the right answer especially ideologues or zealots or yeah. people who are fighting that the quote unquote good fight it's just it's so hard because that you can you can be right about that and it's just it's very hard to see how you move away from that because it's increasing this this um, pushback against against science and um, and scientific thinking. You know, and, and to me, 
the, the strength of scientific thinking is that it, it allows for itself to be wrong. In fact, it's always just a theory yeah. because it's always open to being disproved. And when it's disproved, it, it's done. Whereas it's an open-ended system that builds on itself. And that's why the last 150, 200 years has is, is progressed so exponentially quicker than anything previously. I mean, caused problems, no doubt, along the way. But that's the strength of it is that, that open-endedness and that willingness to say, this is our best theory so far. Let's yeah. go out and find a new one. Whereas, whereas the, the the problem with a lot of these these beliefs is they're like, right, I've got the belief, and uh, and if the machine shows fifteen degrees, there's something wrong with the machine. But I think that yeah, exactly. I think that's the point with the conspiracy theories. I mean, if there was the ability to let's say prove a flat Earth or prove or disprove vaccines, like prove that it was bad, yeah. that would be a massive medical yeah. and scientific breakthrough. So it makes no sense that the scientific and medical world are hiding those things. That yeah. that would actually, if someone proved the Earth was flat, they would be the most famous person in the world yeah. for the rest of time. Well, there's a, you know, when I talk to people that, that are in that, then you start to realise that there's a whole different um, belief system behind even what knowledge is and what um, real and what what's true. So when we know that no matter no amount of sort of facts will will change people's minds on that because they have an idea that and that's where the that kind of conspiracy that's the important part of it is they have this idea that there's this big monolithic block that controls what what's seen and they don't understand that 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 there is a separation and so it's a big monolithic block but there are individual elements within it so yeah. so the the thing i always think about is um the the uh, what was the an, an nausea medicine that they used to give to pregnant women? Um, oh, thalidomide. Yeah, thalidomide. Thalidomide. Right. So there's 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 an example of, of essentially, uh, you know, pretty much this sort of a terrible thing that is given to women that causes you know by a by a pharmaceutical company trying to make as much money, not doing enough tests, not yeah. really caring. Yeah. So the, the basic, the very very basics of that, because I know a little bit about because I'm a science nerd. <coughs> right. um, is, is thalidomide, and there's it's basically. Um, thalidomide is actually 100% safe, um, but there's Deliv- two there's, delivery mechanisms. Uh, no, it's actually that there's there's two when it comes to physics. There's um, so to, to um, sort of to I'm trying to find the word the molecule that yeah. thalidomide is. There's what's called a right-handed, left-handed isomer. Yeah. So that the uh, the chemical name, everything about them is identical except yeah. they're like left-hand, right-hand. The way the molecules are arranged. Yes. I can't remember which one it is, but for let's for the sake of argument, say the left-hand isomer of thalidomide yep. is hundred percent safe. The right-hand right-handed isomer of thalidomide causes birth defects, yep. huge huge issues. Yep. And so what was happening is yeah, the quality control wasn't great, and so they're accidentally giving pregnant yep. woman the right-handed isomer as well as the left-handed isomer. The ones right. that got left-handed perfectly fine because yep. it, it was a medicine for morning sickness. Yeah. And so the ones that got right-handed isomer um, ended up with horrendous birth mm. defects and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the sort of the, my thinking is that that's a perfect example of where you have, in a sense, a, consp- a conspiracy or a mistake, where where the interests of money got ahead of the safety mm-hmm. and and children were died. But when they realised it, you know, doctors are horrified. Obviously, that they've been prescribing it. The the establishment realises there's there's court cases. Everything's changed. It's all over the media, and it and it gets turned around. So it is a big ship that can you know the, the sort of um, science community the commerce, everything looks like this big chunk that has one thing and it's going in one direction. But actually, when it makes a mistake, it will course correct. Things will do it. And and if there was something in these these vaccine worries, you, with the, that much attention on it, it would be found and it would course correct. So to kind of come full circle, I bet you didn't think you'd be talking about thalidomide when you came down here today, <laughs> no. the boring phone. But to go full circle, 
it feels that we need a bit of a course correction in society yes. at the moment. You yeah. like that? Good That's link? good. That was, really like that, good. One? that was a really good one. Because there does seem to be damaging and harmful practices yeah. happening with technology at the moment. Yeah. Technology, you know, is amazing. Too much technology can be harmful. Well, so if you wanted to do if you wanted to do research on whether vaccines caused autism before smartphones or even before the internet, you would have to go talk to doctors, you have yeah. to go to the library and you wouldn't be able to find that one article that says that it causes autism because no. there would be so many others that would drown it out. But now you can you can, you get can straight to like, that. like a sniper you can find that oh, one yeah, thing that, that proves confirmation. Your point. Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, confirmation yeah. Bias. Thanks very much. Yeah, and so and so you know the technology. So now when we've got 5 minutes, we can Google that little random um, what is the little random spot that I've just noticed on my arm yep. and within five minutes we can have self-diagnosed that we're going to die of cancer <laughs> that's a common so, that's a common one but you, you are right that, that so the course correction needs to happen in society I mean yeah. I think what you're doing with the boring phone is a version of the course correction yeah. but it feels to me not to be too pessimistic if we're heading towards the Titanic yeah. and we need to shift by 70 degrees yeah. your phone is a 1 degree shift well, well 1 degree would be would be um, generous um, <laughs> but you know but, what i mean but what I, I i kind of the metaphor i would use is I, I feel like we're on the the front end of a breaking wave which is the people realizing it and right. I, I think that in, in 10 years um, you, you wouldn't be talking to people about giving phones to kids it just wouldn't be a question it would be like the old days where people had, you know, cocaine for toothache. It's just, it's, we'll look back on it like it was nuts. Right. So so in 50 years from now, we'll be like, holy crap, they got given those dopamine products when they were 12? Yeah, that, wow. that's, that's what I, I think that. And, and that's that's where I mean about the course correctors. You're right, it's a good, a good way of, of tying it back is that, that there are people that say, hang on a second, this is... I mean, you, you know, you're already seeing in the United States the mental health for young people is, is, is really bad. And it's not just that... Um, it's not just self-reporting. It's not just that they are they are more willing to talk about mental health. You mm-hmm. know, hospital admissions for self-harm and, and suicides are, are way up. Well, as Simon Sinek said earlier, the rate of depression is higher yeah. amongst people who use Facebook. Yeah, and, and it is. And people are starting to realise and it's starting to shift and move, but it, it's not something that happens. And it's difficult because... Um, cell phones are something that everybody uses. It's more like in the 1950s when everyone was smoking and... and if you were sort of, hang on a second, I'm, you know, I don't want to stop smoking. And you say, well, your doctor says the, it's well, fine. But the interesting thing is the difference between these analogies that we're pulling out and the technology like in a phone, yeah. you don't need to smoke. No. You don't need to have a cigarette. You no. don't need to do those things. But what's going to happen in society, That because the, the equivalent would basically be we don't need this. Yeah. That would be the equivalent. How can we, what's going to happen in society to get us to a point where we're saying we don't need phones anymore or, or smartphones with all our work in them what what's to come well, with, I mean, with that crest of that wave you're riding yeah. what's at the bottom of that wave it, it's more just that that we'll recognise that carrying around a little advertising machine connected to all of the games and noise and whiz bang is, is not a, not a good thing to have and people will just, just and what we're excited about is to get this out to people because having used it myself and, and seen the huge difference it makes mm. then you, you're like well that, that's just you know this is so much better it improves the whole tone of your life right across everything and once you start getting a small group that go around talk to their friends and they say you know you've got a spring in your step what's what's good you know what have you changed you so you almost the the <laughs> not for you as a business but for society, the best thing that would almost happen is people will start getting on board with what you're doing. Yeah. In other words, copying you. Yeah, I'm, because that would that would mean that there's a need for what's happening out there. Well, is this the only kind of boring phone, like not a dumb phone, not a smartphone on the market? No, there are some others that are along a sort of similar similar lines. There's the light phone, which is uh, has an e-ink display. 
uh, it doesn't it has mainly um, just calling and, and messaging yeah um, but there are others and, and in fact I'm not not really too too worried we you know there's going to be a big wave is our view of it and, and if we can be on the front and get pushed forward on under of course it, that would be wonderful um, I, I I think in ten years it, it'll just it'll be everywhere and, and it'll just be that that you this idea of humane technology technology that's actually designed to benefit the user not to benefit the companies that that are making money off it. Well, the originator done well is very, very rarely surpassed by the imitator. So, you know, you do it do it well and you get out there on the crest of the way we get first. On crest. And also I think it's important that it comes from uh, a group or, or people that are outside of the, the current model because if Samsung or, or Apple said, oh, we're, you know, it's hard for them for starters to say, hey, we'll, we'll sell you a phone. You know, it's like an asbestos-free cereal. We'll sell you a, an advertising-free iPhone. Yeah. Like, Hang on a second, What's what was the other one? I know. You know what? I remember I was doing a promotion for a radio station um, and we were in Waikato. We were in Hamilton. I remember the exact spot we were at a, at a, um, like an outside mall, you know, yep. like an area. I used to do that and, all the time, didn't they? And there was, and you'd go inside um, the mall and we, I can remember this like it was yesterday and there was a McDonald's in the mall and, <laughs> and the advertising was like quarter pounder with cheese. Now with a hundred percent beef, well, I was just like, what was what it, it before? Yeah, and that's that's the thing. If, if you want to make a, a really big shift, it's difficult to do it without because they're not going to want to bin their current product. So that's why I think it's uh, that the advantage we've got is, is being independent and yeah. coming from right outside and having the actual whole phone. Yeah. So you have control of the whole ecosystem of it. That That's the advantage that we have and the integrity of saying up front, look, you know, it is more expensive. We acknowledge it's a lot more expensive than the, the sort of $30 phone you yep. might buy. But but still cheaper than, than a lot of smartphones. It's a lot of phone, but once you buy it, that's it. We're not, not trying to sell you anything else. Bring up the Facebook page, Jase. Let's just say, because it's time to wrap up now. I feel like we've had a good yeah, chat that, here. Yeah, was a good, good circle. Um, let's uh, bring up our Facebook page as well, just because people want to know more about it. What they can actually do is go to our Facebook page, which is just DEPT of Conversation. Department of Conversation, and actually you guys have been generous enough to give us one of the packs to give away. Yeah. So that pack that we're giving away is uh, $549, $550? Uh, yeah, that's right. And that includes the, the the case and some other little bits and pieces? Yeah, you've got the case and a um, set of good, good ear, uh, earphones to go with it. Yep. Um, so if people want to get into the draw for that, it's real super simple. Uh, we're going to do it for about another 10 days, I think it is. Uh, so you can it'll be up there for a wee while. Um, head to our Facebook page. Head to our head to my personal Instagram account, and all you need to do is either follow me on Instagram or like the Facebook page. Either of those two things will get you in the draw for that pack. Cool. And then if you want to tag people, each of those tags is a is a bonus entry. Nice. So if you like one page and you tag ten people, that's eleven entries. Sweet. So that's what we're doing. So there it is. There, win a, a boring phone pack with five forty nine with Department of Conversation. Yeah. Um, Facebook on my Instagram is just Pat Brittenden, and these are going to be travelling out about December ish. Yeah, December or before if we, we've got the, the actual handsets on order. So we'll, we'll turn it around as quick as we can. But December would be the the outer edge. And once you're, let's say, the start of next year, end of this year, once you've kind of got the Kickstarter um, groups done. Yep. When people want to then purchase a boring phone, is it? I should ask. Is it on? Can you use it on any network? You put your own sim in, in, in New Zealand. You can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So once we've done this, once once you guys have got your, how many did you sell on? Uh, on we sold about eighty five on the cool. on the Kickstarter. So yeah. once you've got them out, 
and then someone wants to pick one up, what happens? Uh, well, as long as we can still get the base handsets, they'll be available. But it, it's um, actually we were finding that it's not quite so straightforward. We, we've managed to, to line some up. So we'll be doing that for as long as they're available. And then we're, we're sort of thinking about the future and um, hopefully we can might, might step up a scale. We, we really think once, once we get this initial group of, of 85 to 100 people that have them, and they start talking to people, and we can, you know, we can um, send media to have a chat with people. Uh, we we're hoping it's the start of something really where people go, you know, actually this is. Um, and what's the the goal? The goal is to have them in all the Vodafone stores. The goal is to have them just off your website, selling them, you know, P to P. What's the plan? Yeah, I mean, just to have them as available as possible, whatever that model is. Um, we we really would like to jump up if we do. If you do on the order of three thousand, you can get them manufactured at the plant and and get them spec. I mean, for starters, it doesn't really need to be the size it is. You know, it could be sort of like the size of the old iPhones. All right. If you're not browsing on the internet, you don't really need a bigger yeah. a bigger screen. So there's there's a whole bunch of things that we'd like to to do, and we really wanted just to demonstrate that yeah, we we could get a physical product out to people because um, that's not not really our background. So that at the moment, just a boring phone handset, just by itself as is. Yep. Five hundred bucks. Yep. Nice. So that's, that doesn't seem to be massively expensive. No, no, it's a, a, for I mean, a, for a medium spec. Um, Smartphone with a good quality camera. Um, it's got two two cameras on it, a, a, a wide and a close-up one. Nice. All right, so people can go to our Facebook page, as they've just heard, and and, and find you from there, or just um, Google. And, and as we said earlier with Elon Musk, probably have to be careful of the boring company. Yep. But if you just Google the boring phone. No, and it comes up, we managed to manage to get in there. So Knock knock, knock Elon off the top yeah, of the search engine. Yeah, I think so. You might have to put phone in there if you say company, then they'll, they'll probably, he's still going <laughs> Hey, Alex, thanks for coming in. It's been a blast. Yeah, it's been really good. Uh, for people who are in Dunedin as well, you're going to have a chat with the ODT shortly. Sweet. So there'll probably be something in the ODT tomorrow or on their website if they want to know more about it. But, you know, we've solved the world's problems again. Yeah. Thalidomide's done. Flat Earth's done. Yep. All, all those all things. Solved. I think people listening to that will be 100% convinced <laughs> to change their ways. And it's time for lunch. Good stuff. So there you go. Uh, head to facebook.com forward slash DEPT of conversation if you want to get into the draw for that boring phone. Uh, I think we've got it up there till about the 22nd, 23rd of August. So if, if you get this and get to hear this before then, uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Pat Brittenden. Um, either way to get in the draw for that phone. Uh, coming up next week, a bit of a film director, producer special here. The New Zealand's National Film Festival is going on at the moment, and in Dunedin we've got several films coming up with several uh, high-profile people coming to tell us about their films. So very, very, very excited to have a chat with Simon Coldrick. Simon Coldrick is from uh, Bigger Picture, and he is someone who's been involved with many documentaries and films that you may know about, both on the Big screen and on TV. His film for the film festival is called, I think it's called By the Balls. Something like that. By the Balls. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, it's about the All Blacks and it's about that uh, tumultuous time through the 80s of the Cavaliers tour. And that was sort of my formative years as a teenager. So I'm incredibly excited to talk to and see Simon's documentary. And then later on in the week, we're looking to have a chat with Hamish Bennett. Hamish Bennett is um, behind the film Bellbird and uh, a New Zealand film, fast becoming a classic New Zealand film. My sister actually saw it and her uh, response to it was it made her proud to be a New Zealander watching that film. So Hamish hopefully coming up towards the end of the week as well. So some New Zealand International Film Festival guests on the way remember win that uh, boring phone at Department of Conversation. Find us on 
uh, Facebook, find me personally on Instagram and you can do it that way as well. All right, thanks for joining us again. We'll catch you next week. Hooroo!